today's episode of the Culture Pop Podcast, the story of a woman who fakes two pregnancies. Is there anything embarrassing in your internet search history? And writer-director Gigi Gaston joins us to talk about her new movie, Nine Bullets. Don't forget, you can subscribe to the Culture Pop Podcast on Apple, Spotify, or at stevemason.com. And don't forget to leave us a rating and a review. The Culture Pop Podcast is brought to you by the law offices of Jacob M. Ronnie. Accident or injury, call Jacob M. Ronnie. Call Jacob. Hey, it's Mace. If you or a friend or loved one is injured in an accident, the first person you should call is my friend Jacob. When I did this, Jacob was great. He helped me by talking through the next steps, which really put my mind at ease. When you're injured in an accident, you got to have an expert. That's why you call Jacob, just like I did. Call Jacob, 844-24-JACOB. That's 844-24-JACOB. Or visit calljacob.com. Call Jacob. Everybody, welcome to the Culture Pop Podcast. I'm Steve Mason, along with Sue Kalinsky. Sue, this is episode number one eighty something. One eighty something. It sounds like um, the eleventh hour on MSNBC. <laughs> this is show one. What did you say? One ninety seven. That's uh, one hundred ninety eight. Day number one hundred ninety eight <laughs> of the Biden presidency. Uh, all that stuff, exactly. One ninety eight of the Culture Pop Podcast. It is pretty amazing, 180-something episodes. I remember when you first talked to me about doing it. Yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. like, let's do it. And I was like, okay. And then I didn't hear from you for like a year. <laughs> it was a year. <laughs> you're right. But it was, you know, it was it was percolating. It was percolating through my brain. Some very, very strong percolation. <laughs> um, all right. So um, Before I, we get to our guest. Okay, yeah. Okay. Who's uh, Gigi Gaston, the writer and director of Nine Bullets? You you had something. Um, I read this story about, and and it always amazes me how the lies that people come up with and think <laughs> that they can get away with, right? So this woman uh, in Georgia, she was charged for faking a pregnancy in order to get seven weeks of of uh, paid time off. Really? Yes. So she got. Maternity leave yes. because of a fake pre- uh, uh, pregnancy. Right. So apparently, whatever device she used to show her some baby, sort of like cushion pillow yes. thing. People at work started to get <laughs> suspicious when, like, it was like dropped on one side <laughs> one day. <laughs> like, <laughs> Like the baby was moving so much that, <laughs> and then and then the baby moved on the other side, and then it was like up closer to her chest, and so um, and then she she actually claimed to give birth in 2020, and then in 2021, basically three months after her her birth, she informed her employees that she was pregnant again. <laughs> Three months later. Can Three that, months later. You wow. Can't do that? Yeah. Can you? Now, can how'd you they be? catch her? Um, she lied about there was some guy that 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 she she came up with some kind of crazy story about um the existence of her kids, and then she got busted lying about that. And um, and it's funny because it says that she resigned from her position. It's like she didn't get fired. 
I'm stepping down because of my two fake pre- uh, pregnancies. <laughs> two fake pregnancies. <laughs> How dare you? How dare you fire me? I quit. <laughs> so, so I we were talking about something on the show. Yeah, I don't know why this occurred to me. Um, but would you be okay? Would you feel comfortable? If I looked at your internet search history, is there anything there that would be embarrassing? Yes. Really? Yeah. Like Not so much embarrassing, but it's like, I don't want you to know the places I go. Right. But I'm, I'm just saying, if it, theoretically I saw your internet search history, everything you've been, your history, uh, mm-hmm. would there be anything that would make me say, huh, I'm, that surprises me about Sue. Um, I, I, I Honestly, yeah. th- there are times where, um, I mean, I like forget how to spell something. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. okay. Or, the mean, or the meaning of a word sometimes. Absolutely. And I'm like, oh my God, if anybody searched this, <laughs> they were thinking, she didn't know what that was. <laughs> I thought she was so much smarter than that. <laughs> <laughs> that really would be the embarrassing stuff. Yeah, the embarrassing. But, but nothing stuff. about like like the things that I look up. I mean, there's nothing weird or anything like that. Right. There's no. nothing kinky. There's nothing, nothing. No, nothing kinky or weird. You just find porn. And, and anyway, if there was anything kinky or weird, it would it would never have been. And I can honestly say that it would never been that because it was a fetish of mine. Yeah. yeah. It's all in the name of research. (laughs) Yeah, of course. Of course. Now I'm a regular at Pornhub. That, that would be embarrassing in and of itself. Pornhub. Yeah. What do you mean you're a regular at Pornhub? Do do you, like when you click on, does something come on? Like just the usual? (laughs) Hey, Mace. (laughs) Just the the usual? Like Norma Cheers. Hey. (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, you know, guys. What do you mean? You're a regular at Pornhub. What does that mean? Well, it means that I. You look at porn? Yeah, I look at porn. You do? Every guy does. Really? Your husband, Tom, is watching porn. He does not watch porn. 100%. I'm going to ask him. 1,000%. He will never him. tell you. Oh, sure, he will. All guys do. And do you, like, do you, like, jerk off to it? <laughs> no, I'm watching it for the story. <laughs> the, for the plot and the character development. <laughs> Oh my God! Yeah. Wow! In fact, this we're is, gonna have one of the directors. One of the directors on the show. You know, sometime when we get on, <laughs> sometimes when we first get on before yeah. we start the show, yeah. if I kind of see you like looking over at something, That's not I'm gonna bad. think you're on board. It's not that. <laughs> and if and if that. you're accidentally like scratching your thigh. <laughs> No, it's not that. It's not that. Don't jerk off when you're on the show with me. I am not Jeffrey Tubin. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, yeah. By the way, you ask any guy legit, they will tell you the truth. I will. You ask Tom. It's going to be my new question. (laughs) (laughs) You watching porn? Uh, Well, let's uh, let's step it up in uh, in class here. Uh, okay. We've got a. We got to see a really good movie called Nine Bullets, um, and our guest today is the writer and the director. 
Uh, the movie stars Lena Headey from Game of Thrones. It is in theaters and on demand now. Gigi Gaston joins us. Gigi, thank you so much for doing this. We really appreciate it. Well, no one appreciates it more than me. So thank you. So so we we love the movie. Nine Bullets is great. I, first, though, I want to ask you, what, what are the movies or the couple of movies that that made you want to be a filmmaker? I know that's a broad question, a tough question, but but what movies come to mind? Oh, my God. There are so many. I mean, like as a kid, I loved Dr. Zhivago. Is anyone old enough to remember that movie? Oh, sure. sure. Absolutely. What's, what's the song? Some Somewhere My Love, I think. Laura, it's like, Laura's, 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 Laura's theme. theme yeah. Laura's oh, theme. God. Right. And that scene when he comes back and sees his house. Right. And then then Caesar, the bus scene oh, at the end. I just was like dying as a kid dying. And I even you know what movie I even love that no one probably knows. And they all. When I first saw my best friend who said to me, the greatest compliment I've ever had was when I was 11. And he said, I played war better than any boy he knew. <laughs> so, so that was a great compliment. And so um, he and I watched a man called horse. Do you remember that movie? Sure. Richard. Yes, what was that? Richard, um, Richard uh, Harris. Harris. There you go. God, that was such a great movie, you know? And so, all those movies, you know, I just was obsessed with as a kid. And most people go in that era, guys would say to me, women don't like man called horse. <laughs> you know, now look at women. We love all sorts of movies, you know, action, thrillers, all that stuff. You know, we've really come a, a long way, even in ha- ha- what we love. to. Oh, God, I'm sorry. That's all right. right. You, you probably will hear our dogs. At some yeah, point our dogs well. are here, too. Gigi, don't I'm worry sorry. about anyway, it. There's a big truck is out front. And what, are, it, what are your dogs names? Well, I have all rescues. They're little miniature uh, dachshunds, long-haired dachshunds. Oh, nice. And then two of them are super old um, because when my mom passed away, her second to last words were, please don't give my dogs away. So that's why. So I have one blind one and one deaf one. How how old are they? The old, the older ones? 18 and 17. Oh my God. I have a 15 year old and Sue, how old is uh, Tucker? Tucker is 15 and change. Yeah. Wow. Actually. In fact, we're going to throw a birthday party this summer for uh, Sophie. My uh, 15 year old. It's going to be her sweet 16 party because she'll turn 16 on the 4th of July. (laughs) That is so cute. I have a dog walker that helps me when I'm working. Thank God for her. You know, like our dogs are everything, right? And she just came by on Easter and put Easter eggs out and did a little Easter egg TikTok of my dogs opening Aww. Easter eggs with dog <laughs> But I have to tell you, Moses, the dog in Nine Bullets, looks is is my dog's doppelganger. Oh my it god! It's unbelievable how much he looks like him. And and I joked recently because it looks just like a dog that was in a Lowe's ad. And I was joking about how my dog went out and got an audition and 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 got booked in a print ad for Lowe's because it looks just like him. Wow. He's a uh, they they say he's like a deer head chihuahua, but he's definitely a chihuahua mix. He looks exactly like my dog. It's amazing. He is so cute. I love that dog so much. And his handler, Molly, was amazing. Like, you know. I guess I was a little crazy to try to make this movie. You know, I wanted to make an old fashioned movie, but it's like during COVID with a kid and a dog. Okay. So like the producers were like, maybe we could get rid of the dog. And I'm like, I can't, I can't, I have to have this dog. You know, and the dog was expensive. And one of the producers was trying to use his dog 
but his dog wasn't trained. And I just figured, I don't know, you know, if a kid, like maybe it came from my childhood, you know, I had my mom and dad had divorced. And so I got sent off to Maine alone in the summers, you know, to see my dad. And I was really scared. I was young, you know, like Sam's age in the movie, no comparison to what his loss is, but you know, I brought my dog. It was everything about me holding on to my dog from, you know, I guess it started when I was eight. So that's why I really wanted a dog because I thought we can't take everything away from this kid. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I totally get that. They say don't work with dogs or kids. You, you that's what they both. say. <laughs> you did both. Does the dog ever do stuff that you don't want it to? In other words, does it always well, yeah, do what it's supposed it, to? Does it, take, does it take good direction? The, the trainer, Molly is amazing. And I have to tell you, yes, like, listen, I just said this, if it doesn't do what we want, I told the little kid, Dean, who I just think is fantastic. Yeah. And I discovery, <laughs> this kid, he just fills my heart. I said to Dean, if he doesn't do what you want, just pick him up. <laughs> Carry him. <laughs> but you know, we had to have him. I kept saying to Molly, he just has to bark at that tire. He has to discover, you know what? I don't want to give it away. He has to discover whatever it is on that tire, you know? Yes. Yes. And, and he did, right? He was a mm-hmm. great dog. I just, anyway, so to do that and to do COVID when no one knew what COVID was at the time, like it was pretty daunting, but it, I think it saved me. I'm just going to talk from my point of view. Yeah. I think I would have been much more afraid unless I'd had something just to focus on. It was all about focusing. Right. What did you learn about yourself during the pandemic? I like that. I like that question because everybody's got a unique answer. I learned that I was stronger than I've ever known I was because I'm alone. You know, I don't have a family. I don't have another self, you know, um, another person. Well, I did kind of at that time that was really actually helping me, giving me strong words to keep going because my mom, before my mom passed away, talked about her dog and her other words were be strong. Don't quit. Mm. And then she died in my arms. Wow. So it, it was very profound. And I, um, I, I fell back on that a lot. So I learned I was much, my mother was a spy during World War II and was put in prison. Okay. Was really? It, oh my God. I used to say, mom, I'm never strong as you. And, and I'm not comparing the pandemic at all, but to go through it alone is a little daunting. And so I kept thinking, well, my mom would just breeze through this. You know, I got to focus on my mom and how she would do this. Cause she, so I would say I learned I was a lot stronger than I knew I was. And um, I knew that I followed her words, be strong, don't quit. I've never been a quitter. And um, I think, I, I think that's what I learned. And I also learned that, you know, possibly we need to not let fear. Um, here's what my mom taught me. Fear makes cowards of us all. It Hmm. makes us do things we cannot do, big asterisk, and keeps us from doing things we can. So I think we have to let fear not take over our brain. You know what I mean? So, you know, I just think, uh, and I learned that we as a society can get through this. You know, I Mm -hmm. I really was worried. I thought, wow, this is much bigger than the 1913 one, you know, the plague. and. you know, it's just, uh, it's very sobering. And that's why I think this movie is such an important movie and was kind of serendipitous that I was writing a movie about second chances. Because the whole time we're making this movie, I'm going, this girl's getting her second chance from something she never expected. 
you know, which is the love of a little boy. She thinks her second chance is um, a book deal, which she's worked all her life for. I thought, well, hey, I've, I've waited 30 years to write and direct a movie that I, I get to direct. This is my second chance. How odd. But then maybe there's another second chance. You know, so I started thinking we have to be open to second chances and believe it doesn't matter what age. You know what I mean? Where it's coming from, you don't know. So I want to give people hope, you know, even if you're homeless, you just don't know. There may be some stranger on the street that goes, hey, I remember you. Let me help you. Want a job? You just don't know. You know, back in 1996, um, my my ex and I, Sophie B. Hawkins, I don't know if you know her. Of course, yeah. Yeah, we do. Yeah, Yeah, I I wish I was your lover. Yeah, she she and I were together for 17 years and and domestic partners. But we used to um, help the homeless in on Venice beach. I mean, granted they were not drug addicts. Right. But, and that's what I think is, is the the crime of what's going on. And especially that's the bad side of the pandemic is all the drugs that have, you know, coming over the sex trafficking is up all that stuff. But we used to help different homeless guys in Venice beach. One became our painter and our maintenance guy. Wow. Totally cool. The other one was our gardener, Daniel, the gardener. He was the most amazing gardener. I mean, I have, no green thumb. And I would like buy a plant after plant from Home Depot and kill it. <laughs> he would plant it and it would live forever. Wow. Wow. And, and, and the care, like you can't judge homeless, the care he would take to pick up every little leaf that was on the ground, you know, where I would have like gone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, exactly. Right. You know, you just don't know where you're going to get a second chance, you know, and, and we have to be open to it. Like, you know, if you see that lady that falls on the street, See, that's the other thing about Lena Headey in my film. She makes the right choice. She doesn't want to help this kid. It's like that lady who's fallen in the street. How many of us have driven by her? You know, maybe yeah. we need to pick, pull over, take five minutes to help her up, you know, and, and that's making the right decision. And I'm guilty. You know, I've helped people fall and I've driven past them, too, because I'm late to a meeting, you know, but that's the thing. It's about choices in life, too, which is so important, I think, in this movie. And Lena, do you want me to get my dog? No, totally fine. Okay, Lena Headey's, that's the, that's the uh, rescue that was tied up in wire. Every person that comes up, she's attacking. But um, <laughs> but she's doing her job and, you know. Anyway, yeah, right. exactly. Right. But that's what I think is so important also in life that we really have to look at. And maybe that's pandemic aware for me is it's really important the choices you make if someone yells at you on the street or honks at you don't flip them off really it's like where does that go it only creates more and more anger have i done that sure yep it's it's really made me rethink what i'm giving back like maybe the the way is to let it just what is it they say let that fall off of you like water on a duck's back yeah yeah um i had to do that a lot and post on this movie, let certain things that were really troublesome just uh, fall off my, my uh, like water on a duck's back. You know, there's always problems everywhere, you know, and it's your choices that, that make you or break you. Right. So. That line that you said, um, don't quit, be strong, don't quit. Um, that's in the film. Yes. And I um, stuck it in there. And I thought, because see, 
when you're making or when I'm making a movie or this movie, it could always change. I don't know what I'm doing sometimes because it's all subconscious. You know, it all comes in your subconscious. And so I didn't realize at the time that Barbara Hershey was really a mother figure mm. for Lena. And for and I, I wrote it in that that line for Barbara. And then later on in the edit room, when it was in the goodbye and Lena's response. Did you notice her response with absolutely no words? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Because I told her the story. And Lena, and I forgot kind of, I told her the story when we'd met like a month prior, you know, as our first meet and greet. I don't know how we got into it, but then I, it was when the edit room, it was like, oh my God. And see, that's the hard part of, of doing these low budget, you know, independent movies. You don't have enough time. We did 205 shots in 19 days, you know, like two weeks before our shooting schedule went from 23 to 19. Mm. And to rewrite it fast, you know, you, and I didn't get a chance to turn the camera around on Barbara, so I had to use it as you know a, a, a her profile, and I so wanted to turn the camera around so I could intercut between them. But I think Lena's moment is so strong that it still conveys much more than "Hey, be strong, don't quit." Ciao, you know. There's a yeah. there's depth in it. There's a motherly thing in it. So I was a big uh, Game of Thrones fan. Game of Thrones viewer loved right. it. Uh, I I know Lena obviously from uh, from her role as Cersei. Did you watch Game of Thrones? Well, our casting director, who's the most amazing in the world, Mary Vernew, and her associate Brett Howe, kept saying, "You've got to see Game of Thrones. You've got to see Lena Heedy." And I I had never seen it, and so. Of course, everyone had told me about the nude scene. Yes. Where she walks down the street. Shame, shame. So I watched like one of the first things of her in it. And then I just quickly zipped through um, one of the shows right before when she's in prison. Yeah. Okay. And there's this moment. I forgot who came to see her because, you know, I don't know all the characters like you. Right. There's this moment where she's against this prison cell like this and looks up after someone's left her and everything played in her eyes. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, was, I do. I was enthralled. I was like, Oh my fucking God. That's what movie making is about. Look what she has. She's so full. And, uh, and that's when uh, I went, Mary, I have to get Lena. How do I get Lena? Hmm. Please get Lena. <laughs> it was like, and I'll never regret it. She was the most amazing woman to work with. So collaborative. We made a pact with each other to be collaborative from the first second on. Like, and she had my back. I had her back. I just, I can't, even after the movie ended, she was in the edit room with me, helping me. Wow. She's an amazing, wow. amazing woman. And, you know, she's going to be directing, which she should direct. She's amazing. And just like our little kid, Dean, you know, who we discovered, he's amazing. I loved him every time he's like, let's do this. You know, the, <laughs> you know how that, then it's in, infectious, the child, let's do this, you know. Okay, let's do this. Yeah, let's do Yeah, He kept me going, even when it was like three in the morning or four in the morning, you know, and he was wonderful to work with. Even though he was green, he was amazing. He now has five Transformers he signed on to. So his wow. life. Wow. Isn't that cool? That's that what I love cool. about this country. You know, you come as an immigrant family and, you know, look what happens. There's, there's opportunity here. You know, you, you speak about collaboration, and I always wonder, as a director, you have a certain vision of, of what you want a scene or, or even just character development. 
And if a, if one of your actors comes to you with something that is off of what your vision has been, but they state their case and they and they sell it. How do you react to that? Do you say, wow, OK, you know, I never looked at it that way. I mean, because it is it is their character, but it's your character that that you created. How well, do you handle is, that? This is where I think my horse training has developed me as a director. I say you had me at hello. Go for it. Hmm. Because without those actors, I am madly in love with every actor on my movie. And and I've even done some lifetime movies. I'm in love with all of them. They all raise the stakes. They bring their vision to my vision. I've never written a lifetime movie, but you know what I mean? But it's a different situation. But, sure. but their vision to my vision, like Lala Anthony was incredible. Like, isn't she a light? She was she so great. She was, she so, was good. so soulful. And I, I just, I, I loved her. And I've, ne- I've never seen her in anything. So she well, was know, amazing. One of the producers wouldn't let me fulfill my dream of how I wrote that character, which was she actually dies. Mm-hmm. And that scene that, that the, like if I had a director's cut, that scene, Martin, who's amazing, Sesmeyer, he pulls her to him, right? Yeah. Goes in to kiss her and brings a gun around. Yeah. Oh, my God. That moment between those two, because I wasn't allowed to have that from one of the producers that, that of the movie. I wish you guys could see that moment. Hmm. You know, it was so incredible between those two. I mean, Lala Anthony is an amazing actress, you know. She really is. Yeah. She, and Martin, really you know, brought, see, here's an example. Martin brought to me. I'm just going to, I really want to play this. Like, it's, um, I don't want to be a killer anymore. You know, I want to change professions. I don't want to do this anymore. So he had brought all that beautiful regret. Yeah. You know, and when he told me, I'd go, oh, my God, that's great. You know, I would like you get goosebumps when these actors come to you. Barbara Hershey had her thing. Sam Worthington was very methodical, you know, prepared, called me. We went through wardrobe. He was he was amazing to work with Sam Worthington. Um, I, I just was so blessed. I mean, the cast, I, I'm just so blessed with everyone on this cast. And then on top of everything else, you have a Diane Warren song. Oh, please. 13-time Academy Award nominee, Diane Warren. I mean, You know, she- I'm so glad you bring her up because this, the um, Bonnie Greenberg, who's the music supervisor, who's, you know, done a million of them, did this as a favor to me and is friends with Diane. And I'd seen Diane out, like my besties, her besties friend. And when Bonnie said, why don't we get Diane to write something? I'm like, oh, she'll never do that for me. She'll hmm. never, you know, we're too little. And I know, look, and she did. It's like, See, I'm just so blessed, you guys. And, you know, I just wanted to make kind of, I hope it felt a little old fashioned to you. Like It I did. Wanted, it did. You know, in sure. fact, it reminds me, it's, it's got echoes of Gloria, which is like one of the great, I love Jenna Rollins and, and got to interview Jenna Rollins. It's got a little bit of uh, Perfect World, the Kevin Costner movie. Right. And I would imagine those are sort of influences, right? Well, I had never seen Gloria till after when someone said to me, this has a little bit of Gloria. And then I watched Gloria and because like so another producer was worried that that Lena's character was too hard on the kid mm-hmm. right off the bat. Well, when you watch Gloria, Gloria's like, shut up. Your family's dead. Everyone's <laughs> dead. You have nothing. OK, <laughs> <laughs> right. So, so when I watched that, I made that comment. I think Lena's not quite that harsh. I think we're okay. <laughs> and uh, 
So I, I love those movies. Like that's a, oh, Cassavetes. He's so amazing. And you know, I'll tell you a great uh, Cassavetes. Well, it's a Jenna Rollins story. So I'm interviewing Jenna Rollins. This was uh, she was doing a movie called Unhook the Stars, which was directed by her son Nick. Uh-huh. And uh, her, John had just passed away. John Cassavetes had just passed away. And the publicist told me beforehand, please don't mention John. So I start talking to uh, Jenna and it was a big full half hour with a commercial break in the middle. And uh, I, I asked a bunch of questions. We talked about, uh, you know, her, her films and her roles and her career. And we come to the commercial break and she says, I'm curious why you haven't asked about John yet. Oh and I, I said, well, you, you know, I'll be honest, your publicist asked me to not bring it up. She said, oh, sweetheart, you know our careers so well. You can talk about John. You oh. understand mm-hmm. uh, what, what it was like between us. And she later asked me to be her date to a screening, uh, like an anniversary screening of, uh, of Gloria. And I felt so honored oh to God. be her date. Wow. Uh, for that, but the Cassavetes movie she did, oh, they were just unbelievable. Woman Under the Influence, all those. Oh, movies. I love oh, that God. movie. That, Brilliant. That's a great movie. That influenced me too. All those movies, I just, uh, I mean, and you know what? I'm kind of excited that Coda won so much. Yeah. Because Coda was heart touching, mm-hmm. right? Yep. It was so, you know, forget all the big budgets it went up against. That's a wonderful director, wonderful cast, wonderful writer. I think she wrote it too, right? Yeah, she, she did. did. She did. I mean, she. I my hats off to her. Like I just loved it. Like, like the other girl I thought was an amazing, and I don't know if she wrote it, but the woman who wrote Monster or directed Monster, that was an amazing movie too. That yeah, director. Mm-hmm. You know, it was incredible that movie. That really was a, you know, and they had you know, well, our guy Mark Day, uh, Mark Damon, who is part of our film, he actually produced that movie. Oh wow. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's an amazing movie. Amazing movie. Yeah, it really is. It's incredible. I want to go back to something that you said about um, a, a part of the movie with the, uh, with um, the Lala's character where you wanted the, you wanted her to die in the movie. And then you said that the produce, but something about the producer. Yeah. Didn't want it. Didn't right. want it. Um, how challenging is it for you? Because I looked that at the, cre- challenging. I, I looked at the credits. Okay. And there were 14 EPs. I know. There were four co-EPs and two co-EPs. How many of those producers get a creative say? I mean, what are you, what are you up against as a director with all those producers? A lot. And um, especially with certain producers. But I have to say, you have to have a producer that's strong, that really believes in your vision. And that doesn't go against your vision. And the producer that was that for me was Cassian Elways, hmm. you know, and he, he produced the Butler Mudbound. He's produced some amazing, amazing movies. And um, it's hard, you know, it's hard to please everyone. And, um, you know, some people, because of the climate, this is what I was told, wouldn't um, allow me to have Lala die. Hmm. And um, I think Lala might be disappointed. I haven't spoken to her. She hasn't seen the movie or that I know of yet, but I'm disappointed because, you know, Lala dying is she's dying for every woman that has been put in that place. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. How many women have died? It was written from a girl I knew when I first moved to New York and I was a, um, um, a waitress. 
you know, who had to do that kind of stuff on the side and she got killed. Hmm. You know? And so I, I thought that was appropriate to have in there, but you know, you don't win everything. You have to fight for your babies. And, um, that was one baby I, I guess I lost. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But so I, I don't want to get away, uh, get, uh, let you go before we talk about that line you dropped about my mom was a spy. Oh, <laughs> so, so yeah. you know, my mom was not, she was a housewife <laughs> and answered phones at, uh, at somebody's office. Your mom was a spy. Tell, tell a little bit of that story. Well, my mom was like, my mom was a 21st century woman back in the old days. Like I had a mother, you guys, I'm 58. I had a mother that had me God knows when, cause she died at 103. I wow. never knew how old she was. So I had a grandmother because she, who was a mother. Do you get what I mean? Yes, like, absolutely. Yeah. And I was a mistake, which I really wasn't. I was a gift, but I always say that I used to say, Mom, I'm, <laughs> I was a mistake. You didn't know you could have me. You thought you were too old. But um, she goes, no, you saved my life. But so she was a woman, very modern thinking. That's what I was so lucky to have her. Like my mom started a water company, you guys, in 1945. Wow. Okay. I have the letter from Coca-Cola saying, you are crazy. Water is free and it doesn't, it does nothing for your health. Our product is Coke. We will not be distributing your water. What is Coke's number one product today? Probably what? Is it Aquafina? Water. Yeah, Yeah. 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 So my mom was way before her time, you know, and that's something I'm going to start is her water well, because she also asked me to restart. My mom left me a well in an aquifer that's like the second largest aquifer in the world. So my mom was way before time. So she was singing on Broadway to get back to your question. She was singing on Broadway. They were going to, they've discovered her and we're going to send her out to wherever California, you know, on one of those contracts. And instead she wanted to see if she could be an opera singer. So she went to London and Italy when she was in Italy was when she was asked to stay and as, as a singing student and reporter working for the New York Herald Tribune and, um, you know, on the effects of war on the Italian women. And so that's when, when she went to get out, that's when she was a spy. So when she went to get out, they couldn't, they didn't have her visa right. And she wasn't on the, the log for reporters. And, um, she unfortunately got thrown in prison, not shipped off to Auschwitz, but thrown in prison because my mom was half Jewish, but they didn't know. And um, so anyway, that was the time that she worked and sent information back was during her time wow. in Italy. Wow. Yeah. But I That's- couldn't survive prison. I mean, when she told me she got out of prison, I think she was 18 or 19 and had, she said there was a white streak through her hair, white wow. from six months in prison. So. Mal- so when 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 is this movie coming out? I know I have to write it. I because really this do. is this is this is brilliant. And you know, I read the Gypsy character. The name Gypsy I had read was from Gypsy Rose Lee. Your your mom was friends with Gypsy Rose Lee. I know. I, wow. I and and Betty Davis. Yeah, that's me with Gypsy sitting on her lap. That's crazy. Isn't that cute? Yeah, just amazing. Yes. And Gypsy Rosalie, I think you probably read that, you know, said to me, oh, all the men just see this. But what's really important, Gigi, is between your ears. Don't let that go. Develop that. It'll change your life. And so 
I'll never forget that because she and, and this woman here, probably no one knows, is Imogene Coca. Oh, yeah. yeah. Of course, yeah, I was Imogene looking, I was like, yeah, absolutely. And then yeah. Betty Davis was over here. But at one point I was sitting between both of them and they were like sipping their drinks and talking about men. And that's when she talked about. And it just always came in my mind. I thought, you know, everyone is so about the physical now, you know, sorry, shooting your mouth up, which is fine. You know, collagen here, you know, fake fake butts now and all this fake stuff. butts yeah i feel i probably need everything i need a makeover i'm ready okay but um i just thought well what we're so involved in the physical what about the brain and so then it just kind of happened and then with my son um that i had with sophie you know and she lives in new york and i don't get to see him so much and i was just like i want him to know how much he meant to me hmm. you know, and how important he is you know so it just all came. I don't know how it came. Yeah. Well, listen, uh, be strong. Don't quit. You did not. Uh, the uh, The movie is Nine Bullets. It is written and directed by Gigi Gaston. It is the- in theaters and on demand now. Gigi, thank you so much for doing this. We really appreciate it. It was awesome. Oh, God. You guys are the best. Thank you. I appreciate you. All right. Uh, there you have it, Gigi Gaston. Really, really cool movie. It does remind me of Gloria. Which yeah, is so much a fantastic movie. Uh, it's called Nine Bullets, and it's out now and uh, and recommended. Yeah, it was great, and I tell you the the relationship between uh, Lena and and the kid, um, yep. Sam character. Um, he was so adorable. Yeah, and you know, there's always that fine line with a kid actor, you yeah. know, where it just feels acty. Sometimes if you don't get the right kid, it completely ruins the film. Yeah, it does. And uh, they had really, really great chemistry. They sure did. Yeah, it's a it's a really cool movie. Now, I you know, it's we we're just talking about this, but I, you know what I got to watch now. What you have to watch now? What I have to watch now. Oh, yes, I do know what you have to watch now. Yes, yes, yes. Your your post show viewing. yep hitting up the old porn hub all right uh there you have it there is our culture pop podcast and uh brought to you by our friend at uh, our friend jacob amrani the law offices of jacob amrani uh don't forget you can subscribe to the podcast rate it and review it it's on apple spotify or at stevemason.com sue great seeing you you too and we will see everybody next time on the culture pop podcast